ever wish you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, and do things differently or perhaps better from the start? I know many, myself included, who would love a time machine, but sadly, we'll just have to settle with learning from others who have walked before us so we can be wiser on our own journey. So whether you're a seasoned network marketer or a newbie, today I'm sharing my walked through it wisdom of over seven plus years as a top network marketing leader to shed some light on what I wish I would have known when I joined my first direct sales company way back in 2014. But first, are you or do you know of a servant-hearted, faith-led mompreneur leader in network marketing? I'm looking for some special leaders to interview for my podcast. This is a great way to share your journey with my audience, gain exposure, and boost authority by inspiring your team to dream big and make their goals a reality. If you'd like to know more, you can message me on Facebook at m.me forward slash Bishop Melody or email us at support at AbundantMomLife.com. Make sure you spell Melody correctly, M-E-L-O-D-I-E. And I'll send you the link to apply to be considered as a featured guest on the show. And if you're finding value in this podcast, I would love it if you would take a few moments to tell me how much you love it and leave a written podcast review and share this podcast with your business besties and your team. Every share, follow, or subscribe, and review helps more people find this podcast so they can have breakthroughs in growing their business and mom life abundance. Together, we can empower mamas to grow the abundant business and mom life they desire and deserve. Can't wait to read your review. Welcome to the Abundant Mom Life for Network Marketers show, where we choose to grow a successful and sustainable business from the crazy, caffeine-filled comfort of home using flexible productivity strategies that simplify, optimize, and systemize our business and mom life. Hi, I'm Melody Bishop, a Jesus-loving boy mom, former teacher, turned top 1% network marketer, turned entrepreneur. I believe you can slay your day without being a slave to the hustle. If you're ready to get your time freedom back and design a life you love, you're in the right place. It's time to rise up, know your worth, and live abundantly. As I'm getting ready to build again in my new network marketing company, I got to thinking, what advice and wisdom would I have wanted to know when I first began my network marketing journey over seven years ago? Now, I'm not regretting the journey. I learned a lot, but much of what I learned then and even over the past couple of years was because I sought out knowledge that my company was simply not teaching. I knew there were holes in the training, even early on in my direct sales career, and I knew there was more than one way to build a successful business and nurture a strong and positive team culture. So my friends, I'm going to share the top 10 things I wish I would have known as a newbie network marketer, and let me tell 
you, I bet some of these will blow your mind, even if you've been around the industry block a few times and got the t-shirt. And I'll do my best to share as much insight while being as concise as possible, but every single one of these reflection touch points are key in building a successful and sustainable business that is both purposeful and profitable. And guess what? No matter where you're at in your journey, you can always learn something new and hit that restart button to build it big in a way that is aligned and authentic to you and your goals. So let's dig in. First, let's talk about quality over quantity. You see, you want to attract and repel in your business. Otherwise, you'll fill your funnel and your team with a bunch of freebie freeloaders or unmotivated hobbyists who drain the life and joy out of your business. Wouldn't you rather have a group of customers who resonate with you, who align with you, who get you, who become friends? And then from that group of customers that you've already built an amazing relationship with, the bestest of the best can join your team where you get to work with them and do life with them and build a business with them and be stronger and better together by using each of your gifts and talents. But to really be that sisterhood, really have that team feeling, that family feeling. But oftentimes what happens in network marketing is you are really kind of pushed, and I don't want to use that word, but that's really probably the best word for it, pushed or encouraged or enticed, incentivized even, y'all know how it is, to simply just recruit for numbers sake, have sales for numbers sake, have customers, new leads for numbers sake, parties for numbers sake, without ever really taking the time to say, hey, can I have these big numbers? Can I have these big team sales? Can I grow my business big without having to do it in a way that is going to make it not sustainable? Because then you're having to convince people to buy because they really aren't in your customer group because they're interested in what you have to offer because they're not your dream client or your dream customer. And then when you have a teammate who joins, if you had to convince them to join, let me just tell you, if you have to convince teammates to join, now this isn't saying you shouldn't encourage them, answer their questions, that's totally different. If you feel like you are convincing them to join your team and to see the value in the opportunity beyond being a kidnapper, <laughs> beyond being a kidnapper or beyond joining just for the customer discount, if you have to convince them to see the big picture, to catch the vision, and to really have a deep why in joining your team, then you're gonna have to constantly convince them to stay. Let me say that again, because I know how important it is, because I bet you there are a bunch of leaders listening to me right now who know that you have teammates who you feel like you have to constantly convince them to stick around. And listen, we teach people how to treat us, right? And the words that we're saying when we are encouraging and attracting customers and then from that pool of customers, attracting teammates, the words that we are saying, the way that we are attracting them to take that step further, right? To make the purchase or join our team. If we are focusing on the discount, if we are focusing on the 
cheap kit, if we are focusing on free kits, if we are focusing on being a kidnapper, <laughs> or a bunch of other things that your company encourages you to say and to do just to simply have more people, more more bodies on your team, then you're gonna have to constantly feel like you are convincing them to stay. And that is exhausting. I would rather have one rock star teammate who gets it. Maybe they're not pulling the big numbers, but they are consistent in their business without me having to constantly hold their hand and convince them to stay and convince them to see the potential. I would rather have one of those types of teammates than to have 20, <laughs> 20 people on the team who barely do anything and barely say boo. You attract who you are, not what you want. So if you want to attract business builders, be a business builder and focus on sharing the benefits of the business opportunity that you find of value as a business builder. Quality over quantity, my friends. <laughs> Second, if you're not tracking, you're slacking. No lead left behind. Now this is dream customer leads, okay? Not just any people, but you have to track your leads. You have to track your leads. The statistics are that a lead needs about eight touch points with you before they actually spend money or join your team. But usually they spend money and they become a customer first before they join your team. That's just kind of the natural evolution of things. Sometimes people join your team right away, but that doesn't happen very often. So those eight touch points, do you know where most network marketers stop with their touch points? Two, they stop at two. <laughs> now the trick in touch points is to always have, first of all, always ask permission for you to follow back up with them, but also have a reason to follow back up with them. So if they're in your group, remind them that you have an awesome value workshop boot camp that's coming up where you're going to serve and solve, or maybe you have a team prospecting group where you have value events in their challenges, workshops, whatever you wanna call it, then you can follow up with them and let them know, tell them a little bit about it, but it's a non-spammy way to follow up but you need to have those touch points, those touch points where it's not just someone seeing a post where you're actually having some type of conversation with them. Even if it's replying to a comment on a post, of course, we really want to be in messenger because people say the money is made in messenger, but conversations convert. So you want to have reasons to have conversations to have those eight touch points move along much faster, but you have to follow up and you don't know who you have to follow up with and you don't know how many touch points you have had with that person and where they're at in your funnel and what your next touch point could be if you're not tracking your leads. So you have to track. If you're not tracking, you're slacking. And you also have to track your dream team potentials because for some people, they, they need some more time to go from customer to teammate. So you're gonna have some people who join your team right away, but most people, they're gonna take three months, six months, a year <laughs> of being in your circle of influence, all right, before they finally make the decision to join your team. So keep track of them, keep track of them and keep that relationship, keep building upon that strong relationship foundation that you build with them as a customer and give them some extra attention until they are ready or until they tell you no. <laughs> I don't want to, and then you can take them off your dream team potentials tracker. Number three, you are not 
your company. Oh my goodness. I wish I would have known this in the beginning. I really did. I really do. And I feel like I kind of, I, I sort of ran my business very different anyway. So I think that the foundation of my business when I first started, I sort of built it off of my strengths and my gifts without me really knowing that's what I was supposed to do. But I could have taken it much further and really branded myself more than focusing on my company. Now, the last three years with my company, where I was really rising the ranks quickly, I was really intentional with teaching my team to stay in your lane. That's a phrase that we used a lot. Stay in your lane and really dive into your strengths and gifts and then share that with the team. And I do believe that's why our team was so stinking special because there were so many talented people on our team sharing their gifts. But I really encouraged them to do more of what lights you up. Be more yourself in your business and don't be afraid to get really, really focused on just a small amount of solutions that you use in your business that you can use to help others and reach across that aisle and make that unique, that special connection to help you stand apart from the crowd of all the people in the company posting the same things and sharing the same scripts and sharing the same party pictures and the same party posts and the same curiosity posts and the same this and the same that. Be more you. Really hone in on what makes you special and how you can use those special gifts and talents and the things that you really love about the company, the the products that you love most about the company, the way that you use them in your life and have people have those small transformations just like you did. But sometimes it's tempting because If your company was anything like my company, they will constantly throw out carrots. That's what we called them, chasing the carrots. They will constantly throw out carrots to get you moving. So whether that is, hey, win this product for free when you have this many sales or sell this many of this product and and you get uh, an entry into this special giveaway or, you know, book this many parties and you'll get a special gift card from me or whatever the case may be. And it's not bad to use incentives. I actually believe in incentive marketing. I believe it's a a really smart strategy. But sometimes when a company uses this and they have to do it in a blanket way, it has people focus on the goal of earning that free product, that free trip, that free gift card, that free product credit or whatever it is, focusing on earning that as opposed to how do they want to earn that. They get so focused on on winning the thing, on getting the carrot that's dangling, that's dangling in front of them that they just want to earn it and they don't care how they're going to do it. And then they throw out strategy. They throw out, you know, branding themselves and, and what makes them special. And, and they just get so honed in on this one goal that they don't make a plan and they are all over the place. And then their customers see that they're all over the place and there's no continuity, there's no consistency, there's no um, clear brand message and there's no clear promise made of, of how you're gonna help and serve and solve for your customers because you're constantly chasing these carrots and that's your goal instead of serving and solving. And if you would just step back 
and really focus on how you uniquely serve and solve, you'll find that you will reach those goals and earn those carrots anyway and be able to continue to do so without stepping outside of your zone of genius in your business. So brand yourself and not your company and also lean into who you are and what you love and infuse your personality, your special gifts and talents and strengths and the unique way that you see the world into your business to really help you stand out and attract those dream customers who are going to become your people. All right, number four is serving is selling and selling is solving. I feel like that's a tongue twister. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Serving is selling and selling is solving. So discover new and creative ways to serve your audience by offering value that solves a problem they have in a way that gives them transformation and breakthrough. Focus on one small micro transformation at a time. Small transformations add up and they add up to big transformations, but you gotta break it down and focus on those small micro transformations at a time and really consider what were your small micro transformations that really drew you to love the product and start there. Don't make it super overcomplicated. Don't overanalyze it. Start small and go from there. Don't be afraid to add in tips, hacks, and value that is not your company's products into the mix. That just shows your customers that you're not just there simply for the sale, but that you have other gifts and talents. And as long as it makes sense with your message and how you serve and solve inside of your group, then go ahead. Go ahead and share, share other tips, other hacks, other things that they can do that fit, that will give them transformations, even if it's not going to sell a product. Not everything that you serve and solve inside of your group should be selling a product. Use your gifts and talents and the things that you've learned to help others outside of the simple sale. And when you do that, you will bond those people to you. They will see that you're different from Salesy Sally. I just made that up, Salesy Sally. Sorry if your name is Sally, no offense. It just goes together, Salesy Sally. But don't be a Salesy Sally. Show them that you care about them and their transformation and that will organically bring you loyal raving fans and sales. Number five, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Big numbers don't always equal success. So you're gonna see people pulling in the big numbers, but you know what, if you could pull the curtain back and take a look behind that curtain into their real life, you also might see someone who is burnt out, worn out, overwhelmed, constantly on their phone, snapping at their kids, not spending quality time with their family, telling their kids that they're constantly busy, and basically just someone whose overall mental and emotional wellness is suffering. So this is just to say that consistency 
is more important. And you have to realize that your business is a marathon and not a sprint. Don't look at those people with those big numbers. Yes, you can look at that as an inspiration, but I also want you to understand that behind the curtain of those big numbers, big personal sales numbers, could be a very worn out and burnt out person who is working in their business in ways that are not sustainable, who will eventually give up. And you don't want that to be you because that's not gonna serve your family, that's not gonna serve you, and that's not gonna serve the team that you work so hard to build if you build yourself into burnout and also teach your team to do the same. Now remember, I love the principle of the harvest, but it is so true. What you plant now, you will harvest later. You've gotta understand that what season are you in? If you're in a planting season, you dive into planting and realize that you might not see the fruit of that labor until three months down the road. Make peace with that, but be consistent in whatever season you are in and do your very best in that season and make sure that you are considering the overall health of your business. Make sure that your personal sales are strong and consistent, but also make sure that your team feels supported and that your team is growing as well and that your team is able to support the rest of the team and that your whole lineage is healthy and growing and feels supported as well. Trust the process and understand and make peace with the season you are in. See the big picture, realize that it's a marathon and not a sprint, that there are going to be peaks and there are going to be valleys and enjoy the process as much as you can at the peaks, but also in the valleys too, because that's where you learn the most so that your next growth process and your next peak can be even better than the last one. Number six, I said this already, but stay in your lane. Focus, 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 focus. (laughs) Find strategies that align with you and your values and do more of what sets your soul on fire. Find what you're good at and do more of that. (laughs) Find what's working, do more of that. Make sure that it's authentic and aligned with your core values. Don't get distracted by all the shiny things, okay? The company that I was with, our catalog was huge. It was so overwhelming. And you feel like, oh my goodness, but what if I, what if somebody wants something? I feel like I need to show everything in the whole catalog. And you know what? Less is more. (laughs) Less is more because the confused mind says no. And if you're overwhelmed looking at a huge catalog, feeling like you have to show all the products and talk about all the benefits of all the products, then they're gonna be overwhelmed too and much more overwhelmed than you and they're not gonna know what to choose to buy because there's too many choices (laughs) and the confused mind says no. So less is more. Don't be pressured into promoting all the things. Focus on promoting what best fits who you are called to serve and let go of the rest. I don't care if there is a really big push to sell a certain product. If it doesn't align with who you are called to serve and it doesn't solve the solutions of who you were called to serve, the problems that they have, if it doesn't fit into your branding you and serving your audience, serving your field of favor, then let it go. You have my permission to not feel pressured to sell all the things in the whole catalog. (laughs) 
let it go okay let it go and find your people and serve them well and you can't do that if you're trying to share all the things so you can't do that number seven be authentically you this is a good segue build a community of belonging which is the main reason why people get on social media one is to be entertained but they really want belonging and that's the number one reason why they get into a facebook group in the first place so build a community of belonging by being bold and confident and who God created you to be and create a safe place for others to do the same, both in your prospecting groups and your team group. And remember, your uniqueness is your superpower. So again, stay in your lane, lean into those things that make you you and be more you. Stop trying to copy everyone else or compare yourself to others because you never know what's going on behind that curtain. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've seen things, okay? Be yourself, everyone else is taken. God made you on purpose for a purpose. Claim it and use that as part of your message and your mission in your business, which can become your business street. Business plus ministry, I didn't come up with that word. I can't take credit, but I love it, business street. Number eight, build off social media. Holla! <laughs> Who wants to learn how to sell off social? And all of the mamas listening to this podcast said, yes, please. <laughs> Listen, social media has its place, but I really see social as a place to just connect and build those relationships. You can get leads off of social if you do it in an authentic way. However, you really need to be smart in building a long lasting sustainable business that is going to stand the test of time, whether your social media accounts disappear, poof, overnight because it happens and it's happening more frequently than ever lately. You need to make sure you're building on platforms that are safe, that you own or own-ish, where that is not gonna happen. So don't put all of your marketing eggs into the social media basket. First of all, it's really hard to market on social media. Second of all, it's really time consuming to market on social media. And thirdly, most of the time people know what you're doing and it turns them off and they're just gonna run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> they can see through those posts. They can see it, especially now with so many people selling on social media. They can see it. They can sense it. And they're just going to keep on scrolling, sister friend. You know, because you do it too. <laughs> so first of all, build an email list apart from your company's email list. Because what if you end up changing companies? You can't take that email list with you. But if you built a group, a community of belonging, and you have built an email list separate from your company's email list, not only can you build a relationship with them through that email list and you can sell other things to them through that email list, but you can also take that email list with you if you happen to change companies <laughs> because those are your contacts. You worked hard for those contacts. You built relationships with those contacts. You don't want to lose them should you decide to change companies or should something, God forbid, happen to your company where all of a sudden you don't have a company anymore because that can happen too and it has happened. So protect yourself and your business and all those connections that you've made 
Please build an email list apart from your companies. Build on at least one evergreen platform that you own with content that won't disappear. I'm talking about a podcast. I'm talking about a YouTube channel. I'm talking about a blog. Pick an evergreen platform where the content will live on, live to see another day, and not just last for maybe 20 minutes in the newsfeed and then be gone unless it ends up being viral, which we know is very hard to do, especially nowadays and open the doors for passive income growth. It takes time, I've talked about this before, to build up a following and build up search results and things like that using an evergreen platform like a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog. And Pinterest, I talk about Pinterest a lot. You should be doing Pinterest anyway. Pinterest is also an evergreen platform, but it's not as evergreen as the other three that I just mentioned. YouTube, podcast, and blog, because people can very easily binge your content once they find your podcast, once they find your YouTube channel, etc. And those things, people can be buying things that you suggest, whether it's your product or whether it's something else, a digital thing that you created, like a course or a deliverable or whatever it is. There's so many options when you have an evergreen platform. They can be buying things and checking out your website and checking out, stalking you on social and finding other things maybe in your group and all because of these evergreen platforms that they found and they can be ordering things while you're sleeping or while you're on vacation or while you're you know at the park with your kids that's called passive income it is making your content work for you instead of you have to constantly work for people to engage with your content Number nine, build a sustainable, systemized, two of my favorite words, an automated business. Yes, you can. (laughs) Systemize as many repetitive processes that you can and share those systems with your team so they can work smarter, not harder, and spend more time working their business so that their business can work for them and the systems and the automation and the processes, the step-by-step processes can do the heavy lifting for them so they can really spend most of their time making those valuable connections and having those conversations with people to or creating content and communicating that content as well. Those things that really are income producing activities that will help grow your business so that they don't have to constantly be doing the same thing over and over and over again. Turn that into a system and share it with your team. And then as they get used to it and they get the idea, maybe they'll start creating systems too where they see gaps and holes and things that are repeated and share it with the team as well. And then automate whenever possible. You can automate email sequences, an exposure funnel. You can even automate text reminders for your um, your customer group or even your team, like launch steps when they first start their business and get started. Automate whatever you can, whenever possible. Systemize all the things. (laughs) You can't systemize all the things, but you can try. And number 10, invest in yourself. Oh yes, learners are earners. If you aren't learning, you're not gonna be earning. And please, 
please, please, please don't rely just on your company's trainings. As I've talked about before, there are holes, there are things that you're gonna have to look outside your company to learn. You don't have to do, you know, one size fits all trainings. You can learn how to design a business that you love and you can learn how to design a well-oiled machine team that you love leading as well. So you don't know what you don't know. And the only way you're gonna find out what you don't know is by constantly being a student of your business and learning more. You'll discover new ways when you seek to learn and be a student of your business, you'll discover new ways to run your business smarter, not harder, and explore new methods and techniques that may better fit your own strengths and personality. Learning what options exist out there <laughs> in the interweb world of online learning, <laughs> then testing what works and what doesn't work is how you'll have the knowledge and experience as you put that knowledge into practice to design a business you love. All right, so your action step homework is a little bit different this time. I want to know what stood out to you in this episode and what would you do differently if you could go back in time when you were a newbie network marketer. Share your insights over in my free Abundant Mom Life for Network Marketers community and let's discuss. And before you go, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to use our business as not just a means to an end, but to make an impact in others' lives through the business, ministry, and unique strengths you have given us. Give us clarity and help us to know who you are calling us to serve, how you are calling us to serve them, and help us grow a business of purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Show. Hey, Mama. If you found value in today's show, I'd be truly grateful if you take a few moments to hit that follow or subscribe button and leave an Apple Podcast review. You can even share this podcast with your team because when we work together, we can empower mamas to claim the abundant life they desire and deserve. Come join our Facebook community at Abundant Mom Life for Network Marketers. Can't wait to get to know you.